Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. In this special episode of the podcast on autism, I have the honor to be talking with Sam Mitchell, a teenager, not only living with autism, but a teenager using his voice to create awareness and change through autism rocks and rolls. So welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, lovely to have you here. And I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So to kick things off, you know, you've done remarkable things for such a young age, running your own business, championing against the, the stigma related to autism on multiple platforms. Could you tell us your story in your own words? Yeah, so yeah, so hello, everyone. my name is Sam Mitchell. I do run the podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls. It is about autism, how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. My story is I was diagnosed when I was four, and ever since then, I've had high-functioning autism, and I don't plan on changing that for the world. So in reality, I've had since I was four, but I decided to make this podcast due to being in my high school's media club and continue and wanting to continue the media skill skills. So really, that's my story for you. Great. And, and so what were you like as a younger child? Were there sort of, was this clear straight away that you had autism or was it something your parents sort of picked up on a bit later? Um, they noticed it a while back ago. Ever since I was young, I had like weird certain behaviors like lining up the toys mm. and all that. But what I think what happened, what really, I'll just tell you this, what happened, what made me survive my childhood was a, was professional wrestling. I think that's what helped me through the childhood. Okay. Tell me a bit more about how that helped you. Well, it's helped me big time. It still helps me to this day, but you know, I did, I wasn't the most confident person, but yet here are these characters. I mean, I know wrestling is fake now. Sorry to spoil that, <laughs> but um, I would say that, the characters that they played, I wanted to play them. And when I got to play them, I felt like I was playing someone who I couldn't be. Mm. And sometimes I wish I could still play these characters that I've either have seen or not be seen and not get in trouble even sometimes for them. Right. So they sort of acted as role models in a way to inspire you? Sort of, in a way, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So... You know, fast forwarding to where you are now today, um, what would you say is the biggest way your daily life experience sort of differs from other neurotypical people? Well, I like to live by the last. I live like every day, like you don't have tomorrow because tomorrow is a privilege. Mm. So, and really what is different from me is nothing. I just live like everyone else. I like to just do a lot of podcasting and just do a lot of living. Yeah, so you don't, you just see it as normal, right? Just living, right? Simple. Right. Yeah, no difference. Don't treat it differently. Um, just act every day as a gift. Correct. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful lesson for everybody to, to have for sure. So what gave you the initial spark to use your voice for change, to actually, you know, step out of your own little bubble and become a beacon of, of light and noise? Well, as after I joined that media club, but then I knew continuing the media skills, I decided to start my own, but we were having a hard time with the topic. Mm. 
So we went down the ideas and we finally came up with the idea of autism. And I thought that made sense. I thought I could use this platform to help people. And I finally thought, you know what? This is a great idea. And then he went down the hobbies of what my went down the list of hobbies to add on, like what can we add to make it interesting? Yeah. And it turns out I'm a big fan of rock and roll music. So that's when we put in the name autism rocks and rolls. We tried rock and roll taken, rocks and roll taken, rock and rolls taken. So then we just added the S's and bingo, <laughs> it's officially a new podcast. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it's good to mix those two things, right? Two passions. Uh not only double the passion, they probably add even more than that to it. Yeah. You can not only for yourself, but for your listeners as well. To, I would say so. Double joy from listening to your podcast, for sure. So, you know, if you think about autism and, and you know, why do you particularly feel it's important for people to gain more understanding about it? Because we're aware of it and we're not accepting of it fully. Don't mm. get me wrong, I've seen like people accept it, but we're not fully accepting them. I mean, I still see the the R word being thrown around. I still see the, the bullying, the exclusion going around that we have to tolerate every day. So yeah, I know we're aware. Good job. But you know what? That's not enough. Mm. We, need, we need to accept it now. Yeah. So you feel that it's got to the stage. There is a, a general awareness, but there's still a lack of acceptance of it is what you're yes, feeling. Sir. Yeah. You can feel that. Okay. If we sort of go back and talk a bit about childhood and, and autism in general and, and think about you know symptoms people can or parents can see or not see what do you think are some of the things that are often overlooked that people think we are dumb and we can't do anything right and we have these odd talents mm, maybe maybe they're odd but you know what i don't believe that they have to be sitting where they are and they can do something bigger with that talent and then mm. it is possible. And the right. fact that we can't do anything is a big misconception. And that is incorrect. Just because of the fact we may have to live with our pants for the rest of our life doesn't mean we still cannot mm. be a champion, a Uno champion. Right, right. Cannot contribute in a meaningful way, cannot have a life full of meaning, right? Correct. Yeah. So you you think in some way that there's sort of this. I suppose you would almost call it sort of talking down to people with autism. I would call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Not accepting you as equal or humans at valid, you know, I'm um, just seeing you as different, maybe a bit scary. Yeah, sure. I could say that. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think could help people get, you know, if they are having autism, how could they get this diagnosis earlier and get this understanding and this, well, the diagnosis, that takes time. I mean, there are some who believe they have autism and have not been diagnosed. So it's undiagnosed. The diagnosis is really up to you. That's more of a parent's Parent thing, right? answer. So if I could, I would get my parents to come, but they're busy at the moment. So I would probably let them be. But really, that's your answer is the parents can make that decision. I mean, that's the job on the parents. Mm. And, and what do you see the role that schools play? Do they play a role in this or? Oh, yeah, I would say schools need maybe not. They don't need to be under completely fully understanding, but they got to find a way to help people help them like understand the concept of algebra or the concept of geometry, English. They play a role. I mean, yeah, you don't have to like you don't have to be like, oh, hey, partner up with them or anything. Right. 
but you just need to show them like how like what what academically can you do to help them go into the resource room mm-hmm. explain it in a different way that may make more sense to us um probably modif- maybe even modifying a bit if you could so that's are some uh, those are some solutions you could do yeah no definitely and, and you know sometimes this is thought maybe too much as a negative without thinking about well what does all the positive come with this diversity with this um positive traits of having autism so you know sometimes we can think as you said of creativity passion integrity resilience intelligence you know these are words that come to mind when i think about autism and look into the science behind it you know there's a lot of positives around this as well that i think maybe oh, yeah, there's, there's more positives and negatives and people need to see those positives and those negatives i mean i won't lie yeah there's negatives but to me there's more positives but i'm just saying that as a i'm obviously biased but that's just coming from a personal perspective too yeah no and that's all you can do right but what would you say when you know think of it from your own perspective could you share some of those positives that it, it's brought to you yeah um i'm definitely very creative I would like to say I like to think out of the box. I would probably could design something, like design a perfectly good. I'm just this is just my opinion. Can I just have food on my mind right now? So that's also what I'm saying. This design a perfectly good restaurant menu. Mm. If I had to guess, I think I could do that. I think yeah. I also am very outgoing and very adventurous, like mentally and physically. Like I want to jump out of a plane. I want to go bungee jumping. You know, but then I could take life adventures the point where i can reflect on myself and mm. all those like a simple person would maybe but then I, I would say the biggest one though i would say is definitely like more is more um outgoing more of a personality i mean of a stronger human being i'm not saying where i'm not like unjustice for i'm not gonna go rob a bank or anything i'm not saying that but mm. i'm saying where i put my foot down and i say like if this is happening this is going to happen i'm a man of my word right that's that integrity right that's really really strong with this there's no no bs correct yeah yeah and that that can obviously get you in trouble sometimes but it could, it's definitely I more of a strength i know it does but the trouble i've always, i said once in my episode it's a small price to pay yeah yeah no that's amen to that you know definitely definitely Let's talk a little bit about relationships, because I think, you know, that's one way where, you know, I've read that sometimes people with autism struggle a little bit in forming and maintaining relationships because of misunderstandings. And is that something you've experienced or? Correct. I have experienced a difficult time with relationships. I, I definitely am a hard person probably sometimes to get along with. And I think Sometimes I people want to make people's rip table. They go, you know, I, I could see that. Right. But also I think that there is a soft side to me where I am very bright and intelligent and I want to help people out. I tend to gravitate towards who need help, mm-hmm. not just through autism. I have some friends who are on the spectrum and then it just happened. But I think I have friends who also just need help with a certain life due to finding the identity, due to finding who they are trying to find out about due to they have a story from the bad maybe it's a bad home life too as an example they have a story they've been through some hardships 
And I tend to gravitate towards those because, yeah, I've been through hardships too, but you know what? I think I can help you out to make you a better person. And I don't know how that has happened, but that's just how it, that's how I, I gravitate towards them. Right. Well, well, you must have had some success with that, obviously, I think, to encourage both you to continue doing that as well as obviously for the people that you've helped to feel that there's been a, a benefit to having you on their team. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, I think, I mean, I've been in, I don't like, to be honest with you, I don't like the word team and it's nothing that you didn't know this. I would say the reason being is I've been influenced by others, but mm. as far as an army goes, I'm the only one in that right. army. It's an army just of me and I guess other multiples of Sam's, if you want to call it. Right. So you feel you're an individual, but you and everybody else is an individual in that way, but that you can sort of come in and help them on their journey or somebody can come and help you. Um, but don't necessarily need to be a constant part of your team or you don't have to be a constant right. they, they, they can help around the bushes, but they're not going to hop in the ring. Right. You're the one that's got to take on that fight uh, right. to, to make your own choices. Yeah. Make your own decisions. I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, sorry, when thinking about relationships and how you've learned from some of the challenges that you, you've had with them, um, is there sort of any learnings you've sort of learned from that, from, you know, what you would do differently or what you're now doing differently from what you've done before or how other people could better interact with you? I would say, well, first, get the basics understanding. You know, I'm not saying you have to be an autism expert. I proclaim to be not an expert myself, but just from experience, yeah. if you know a little bit of it, it's going to help. And you need to understand that how we are is sometimes we can't help it. If we have an anxiety attack at Walmart, and that's, I never had anxiety attacks, but I do have that anxiety, you need to understand that, hey, we cannot help it. Or if we're blunt, I mean, I'm not saying we should be excused from that and have no consequences. There are consequences, mm. but you need to understand that. When you're in that situation, what should you do? And I'm and probably I'll give you the answer. If it happens in the moment, let the moment simmer down first mm -hmm. and then explain, hey, you probably should have watched your mouth on that one. Right. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think that's that much different from what people, you know, in, in relationships, whether that's, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage, a lot of the times, you know, it doesn't Or with help. a stranger. That's the biggest one yeah is with a stranger we have the problem is we don't know if you're telling you basically you're an idiot right <laughs> right 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 and and so then the other person if they're not aware of that can react inappropriately right and um i've done that too many times it's kind of a finger i mean i've improved on it but i mean it comes back to that it's a small price to pay thing because for yeah. me i i was raised to tell the truth i was raised honestly it's the best policy all that yeah. So for me, okay, let's could I'll use that period. But yet here we are. You want me to hold back? What? Mm. So to me, it's condescending. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd rather get it out there and get it on the table, so to speak, rather than sweep yeah. it under the carpet. Yeah, there's no middle ground. You want me to lie fully or just tell the truth mm. fully. Yeah. Yeah. No middle ground on that one. And and so if people need to understand that um when they're dealing with you whether that's as a stranger or in a relationship so that's why you think this 
I suppose, more understanding and acceptance of autism would help in general as people more interact, that there would be this more understanding of how this bluntness, for example, can come across in the wrong way. Yeah, there are things that can come across the wrong way. I mean, I don't like sensitive feelings. I don't like, I'm not saying I'm a very sensitive guy. I mean, I've been told a lot of stuff verbally, mm. but like I'm very physically sensitive. Like I don't like to wear a wet shirt. I mean, if this shirt was wet right now, I'd be the first to pop it off. I'll be 100% honest with you. And if the, I'm good with pants being wet, but the ends of the pants, like this part, like right here, yeah, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I don't tolerate that. And dressing up, I hate dressing up, but I could tolerate. There's probably someone though on the spectrum who cannot tolerate dressing up though. And I don't personally, I never see a problem with it. I mean, if you're there going to wear a funeral wearing just like khaki pants and a button up shirt, it's fine. It's it's still nice clothes because the rules, one of the hidden rules of society is apparently when you go into a wedding, funeral or a event that is in america we dress up and mm. some do not do that they may not wear a suit and tie but to me there are ways around the circle right yeah no i think and i think the world's changing in that respect i think it is becoming more understanding of difference and divergence hopefully as we move forward you know that there is don't always have to look the same right we don't always have to be in our penguin suits that that doesn't mean you're not being respectful yeah, no, it's just something we can't help. I mean, mm. I mean, for example, I'm you know, I'm trying this. I'm not the biggest fans of suit and ties. I don't like the ties that run down. Like mm. I call them like the rundown ties, you know, like they look like a V-shaped E. So what I'm trying next time to dress up is I'm gonna try to wear instead of a tie like that, it's gonna be a bow tie. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give that a shot. Give that a shot, yeah. Well, I think like in the old days, you used to wear this like scarf thing, right? A loose like scarf thing. It doesn't have to be anything tight, right? I yeah, know. I might try that too at the end of the day. Yeah, try that. Could be quite cool. Give that a try. So, you know, you seem to do a pretty good job, um, obviously, with, with dealing with the autism, with the, the neurodivergence, as they say. But not everybody is doing as good a job as you, I think. And so what advice would you give to somebody who's struggling to come to terms with a, say, recent diagnosis or someone's afraid to even begin their thinking, listening to you thinking, hey, I, I sound like that guy. I feel about like that guy. But well, how do you start? As far as treating a diagnosis, I would say, I said this once in my podcast too, I'll just recite it. Don't treat it as a threat, but as a gift, because the more negatives you take upon it, there's more chances that you're going to hide them in the shadow. And that doesn't need to really happen. Yeah, there's going to be some negatives. There's a chance that they may have to live on with you for the rest of your life. And stressing about that, understandable, in my opinion. They may not cook for themselves, understandable. But you know what? Let's look at what they might be able to do. Why, why not they may be able to get a gun and go hunt? For example, they may be able to go get a fishing pole and fish. Mm. They may have this talent of becoming a professional wrestler, for example. I'm not saying it's true. They may become the best chef in the world, maybe. It may be the opposite. Mm. Or here's a good one. I always like to use the example of they may become a detective because at the end of the day, they are so keen to detail mm. that they won't probably miss a clue. Like I would be looking everywhere. I'd be going like, like triple checking right. the crime scene. Yeah. So 
you think for people as well, you know, when they're thinking about this, thinking, listening to you, thinking that, hold on, you know, I might be someone on that spectrum to think about the positives related to it rather than focusing on what are the potential negatives that come out of this diagnosis. And when they say negatives, I'm not saying they're wrong. You're right to an extent. There's some positives though too that you need to look at. And you can't be a one-sided suit where you look at, oh, it's all beautiful or Mm. it's all sad. Mm. I mean, it's both. It's a, it's a happy filled life with sunshine. And then it's a dark life with gray clouds up in the air partially. Yeah. Like the day and night, right? It's part yeah, of it really the day, is. right? There's ups and downs. Really, there's good really bits, is. bad bits. And you can choose whether you focus, I suppose, on, on the bad or the good in that respect um, to some extent. So, you know, I suppose there's also, especially maybe in COVID, related times obviously i don't want to go too down far down that rabbit hole but i think we ought to just a little moment talk about how you know especially for young people how it can affect their feeling of aloneness and isolation you know in this sort of time and and how do you find that with autism does it make a difference Does it make it hard yeah, oh yeah i made a big difference covid for me and when it first started the biggest problem with me is i like to know if you told me COVID was going to end in December of 2022, now I know that's not, it's probably will, but if you did tell me that and you knew that for sure and backed it up with evidence, oh my goodness, I'd be like, okay, so I wait till December 22. It's going to be a long, but we can do it. But not knowing is the part that killed me. And I, I'll be honest, I laid in bed for a couple of days, but we got through it and I did socialize through the media age. And luckily we have that. So in reality, I didn't make it. And now looking back at it, I should have realized it wasn't as bad as it seemed. And that's my problem. Sometimes I make things. I don't want to say like I'm a drama queen. I'm a drama king in respective. But I just make things not as bad as they seem. I mean, it's it because it's bad. It's that's a truth. It's bad. But I make it sometimes I either will make it 10 times worse or it will get worse through me because um it will get worse um because of me right okay so it's definitely a challenge related to that um but again and partly related to this lack of understand this lack of knowledge right that the young clarity in the messages you were given right about how long this is going to last and what are the implications and changes happening all the time right one day it's one story the next day it's the next story yeah, it's it's it needs to stay on the page. It can't mm. it needs to or stay in the same chapter. It can't shit the chapter each time. I mean, like a week should be a chapter, and mm. then chapter two is the next week. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it can change from sort of day to day and that, that becomes a challenge. Yeah, definitely for that. So let's talk about your business, autism rocks and rolls. So obviously, you know, for a multiple of things in addition to the podcast. Um, so could you tell our listeners about what other services or things you do apart from the podcast? Well, the other parts, what I do is, um, I really don't, I do, I'm in college right now. I'm in Ivy Tech in Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a couple of classes for the train for, get some more training for me or entrepreneurship. I'm a freshman right now. So it's a lot of the general classes. But it's definitely somewhat, somewhat not enjoyable. So definitely do that. Um, I do like to play some video games, and I like the. I'm an old school guy, the Xbox 360 and a Wii guy. Oh. 
very old school, but a professional wrestler. I'm going back to a Commodore 64, though. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely a big pro wrestling fan. As I said, I've loved it since I was six. I mean, I've been to shows. I'm hoping that I got – cool thing was I didn't, like, get the aisle seats the last time we went, but I got, like, three step, three seats before the aisle. Okay. I, think it, I literally got as close as I – I literally got closer than expected. Well, and you enjoyed that experience, I'm sure. Oh, it was a heck of an experience. Yeah, it's what life's all about, these experiences, right? So – what would you say is the, the biggest lesson you've learned so far from, you know, doing the podcast, doing the, the business, being the voice for change? Definitely, definitely for me wise, it's understanding life will be fine, mm. no matter what I can throw at, because I was able to host a podcast about that. And I get to see that now. And that's really a cool part. So it's not really just changed some of my listeners. It's changed me mm. and given me hope, too. So in reality, it's a win-win situation. Oh, I can definitely relate to that. You know, it's like people ask me, how do you spend so much time doing this? I'll say, well, I get so much out of this. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure, you know, whether it's a job or whether it's, you know, just for pleasure, because it really does give so much. It's a job for me now because of the sponsorships. That's really when it turned to a business. But I still think sometimes it's like a side hobby job for me. Yeah, well, if you can make it your passion and, and make some money at it, why not? Why Correct. Not? So what dreams then do you have for your business for the future? Where would you like well, it to go? Ask me in five years again, I always say this. Ask me in five years and we'll talk about it again because I like to take this podcast one day at a time. I've already had it when I got to interview the hardcore legend and WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley. So I already lived that out really. So now it's just really taking it one day at a time and taking to see where the next adventure of this podcast that I'll take for the next event that's happening. And I scored one because I'll just promote this. Right. February 2022. Mm -hmm. I'll be going to Broken Arrows, Oklahoma and speaking for a national autism conference center. And then in April, on April 16th, 2022, we're hosting a big gala dinner event where we have hosted, where we get to host Miss Temple Grand and speak virtually. Wow. So that's going to be sure some pretty cool things happening next year already. Oh, yeah. A couple of good, couple of cool things. Yeah, that's, that's enough. So your philosophy is more to move in the right direction without sweating too much about where you're going to be in two, three, five years from now. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. Just make sure you're doing the right things one day at a time. Correct. That was in actually. I was watching that with my daughter over the weekend. Frozen two, and to do the next best thing apparently was the hit song from that film. So that was all she was on about, just making sure the importance of doing the next. Let's just say this: with Frozen, Let It Go ruined it for me. Yeah. After, after hearing that, it's just ew. yeah. Try number two. Try number two. They don't sing that one anymore. There. I know, but <laughs> it's just I'm not. Big, I mean, I like kids shows, but. It's like, hey, 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 hey. like it's yeah. all happiness and joy, and that, that's too peppy for me. I mean, Scooby Doo is so much better than that for me because while there is not a lot, there is some peppy and joyfulness. There's still some like not sadness, but some like scariness and mm. all these other feels rather than being so big up, outgoing, and peppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely love the Scooby Doo. Got to, got to love that one for sure. Oh, for you sure. got it, man. Scooby Doo is a big pop culture. I mean, that's something else. I sometimes I tend to watch shows that probably aren't the biggest pop culture shows alive. One of them is Scooby Doo. 
because of because of how much the characters represent me and mm. the cool parts about it, really, how they each make a cool show that involves the mystery solving, which I'm not a good, I wouldn't be a good detective probably because I, even though I would triple check, I'd probably miss something. But the fact that they solve it is kind of cool. It's like the detect, it's the kids detect, it's the ultimate kids detective show. And no, it doesn't involve blood. No, that's right. I mean, but it still has the, the little bit of scariness to it, the little great storylines and the way they act as a, in that respect, I think the different characters come together um, to complement each other. So I think that's a really good thing with that one. So there might be people, you know, listening to us, thinking that they're inspired by what you've been doing, Um, not necessarily related to autism, but to any cause that they care about, but are a bit scared or don't really know how to get going with sort of either starting their own podcast or whatever they want to do to champion this cause. Sort of what tips would you have for them? based on your own experience. Well, whatever this inspiring idea you have is really go for it. I mean, I was never expecting this to be a business. I was expecting to be a hobby. So yet here we are. So really, if you work your butt off, it can, it can be business that you can turn into a business or turn it into something bigger than what you think it is. I I, I thought it was going to be a few hits, Mm. but it's gotten a lot bigger than that, as we all know. So really I would say whatever you're thinking, uh think the opposite if you think it's won't get bigger hits then go for it mm-hmm. and maybe if it's not if it does have bigger hits and it's not then try harder right don't don't give up too soon i suppose i think that's, most people tend to don't make it around the first lap. Right. yeah so you would say that's one of your your sort of talents is that in addition to the integrity then it's this sort of yeah when i put my mind to something it's not going to get done until it's not if right. that includes staying up till midnight, then so be it. Yeah, yeah. So you're tenacious and going to see it through, even if there's some roadblocks in the way, right? You find a way to get around them. And... Yeah. Yeah, definitely for that. So if we just to wrap up, talk a little bit about autism again. And if people are interested in finding out more about this, obviously, you know, we want them to check out Autism Rocks and Rolls. Um, but who else would you recommend that they could check out any books or other podcasts or stuff? That well, you definitely can... other musics. ACDC, Elvis for Manaspi is definitely going to be helpful in my, from a personal standpoint. But then Mick, if you, um, I would say for Mick Foley, I would say if you want to get in contact with him, I can't give you his information, but go to his booking agent. Right. I'm sure he'll do something for you. Yeah, if Nick Foley. I'm sure he'll give you some of your time. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, just for the listeners, because you you said, you know, there's a bit of understanding, but I think to get beyond the understanding to move towards more of the acceptance, you know, there's there's a lot more people could maybe read and understand about autism in order to do that. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, Sam, unfortunately, that's all we got time for today. But I do have one question before I let you go. And we like to ask all our guests, really, um, you know, what brings you joy? What brings me joy is just life itself. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your your knowledge and passion um, about autism. Um, I, I want to thank you um, very much for that. All uh, right. Thank you for letting me be on. It's, it was good. It was a good conversation.
Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And I'd like to thank our listeners and hope you feel inspired by our chat with Sam today. And, and if so, please do go and visit autismrocksandrolls.com um, where you can find out more about what Sam's up to. Um, thank you for listening. And we hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Thank you and stay joyful.